Somewhere deep within, each of us desires an inner flow of peace and power that transforms our daily attitudes, relationships, and life decisions. Welcome to the Peace and Power Podcast, where we discover how the living Jesus offers the flow of that peace and power in our everyday experiences. With the Bible as our guide, here is Dr. Jim Coleman with today's Bible Talk. Years ago, my friend Randall Belt said, You know, not long after I gave my life to Jesus, the first thing I became uncomfortable with were the t-shirts I was wearing. The t-shirts still fit, he said, but their message didn't fit. What they said didn't fit my life. I had to get a whole new drawer of t-shirts. He went on to give me examples of how his t-shirts reflected messages of arrogance and disrespect, of anger and foul language, and because inside his heart and mind he was now becoming more like Jesus, these outward messages had to change too. When the Apostle Paul writes to the new Christians in ancient Colossae, he is concerned, we might say, about their t-shirts. True, in the ancient world they didn't wear t-shirts. The Colossians wore the loose-robed styles of their day, clothes that certainly didn't have messages printed on them. But Paul knows that the daily attitudes they were living out are these same messages on Randall's former t-shirts. They have problems with arrogance and anger and foul language. And if Jesus is living in their hearts, they shouldn't be wearing, so to speak, these behaviors anymore. Paul also knows that false teachers have been giving the Colossians a wrong understanding of Jesus, a different Jesus than the apostles experienced as they walked and talked with Jesus. And wrong teaching always leads to wrong living. What we believe shapes how we behave. The real Jesus transforms us from the inside out. And if the Colossians are not being transformed from within, enough that their t-shirts are changing, then they don't know the real Jesus. In this section of Colossians chapter 3, Paul uses clothing language. In fact, his key word in verse 8 is the Greek word apatithemi, to put off throw off or throw away. So listen to this description in Colossians chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. So, what t-shirts must be thrown away? The first is anger. Paul seems to suggest the kind of anger that seeks revenge. Now, you may say, I don't think I wear that very often. I don't sit around plotting revenge. Well, that's certainly good to be able to say. 
there are indeed truly vengeful people who feel they have been attacked and who consciously make plans to pay back those who have hurt them. But this is not the kind of revenge that most of us struggle with. Ours is usually a more subtle, respectable style of revenge. A secret hope that someone who hasn't treated us fairly or kindly will in fact run into adverse circumstances or be lonely or fail in some way rather than do well and accomplish success. We don't pray for their change of heart. We don't want love to transform them, don't want hope to uplift them. No, we want them to feel inside the same kind of hurt they have caused, to have the same worry-filled, sleepless nights they have brought to others. We want to be able to say to them, see now how that feels, that feeling you brought to others. We want them to pay a price, to suffer for their past sins. Well, let's ask that challenging question every one of us who call ourselves a Christian, a Christ-like one, should ask. Does this attitude of revenge sound Christ-like, like Jesus' attitude? Did Jesus sit back and enjoy watching sinners crash and burn? Was Jesus a member of the zealot party who swore revenge to Rome for their cruel oppression of the Jewish people? When his hot-headed disciples, James and John, told Jesus to get back at the Samaritan village, which openly rejected Jesus visiting them, and to get back at them by calling down fire from heaven to destroy them, is that what Jesus did? Did Jesus tell Judas, the one who betrayed him, that he hoped Judas would go and hang himself? Or did Jesus call him friend one last time? Luke twenty-two forty-eight. Did Jesus tell the Roman soldiers who mocked and crucified him that he hoped God would judge them mercilessly? Or did he pray to the Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do? Luke 23, 34. Jesus did not allow himself to be caught in the trap of angry revenge. He didn't put on that sin in his attitude or his heart. And Paul tells us that no Christ-like follower should wear revenge either. You say, well, what about justice? Shouldn't we want justice? Yes, but godly justice and ungodly revenge are two very different pieces of clothing. Jesus will finally bring perfect justice to this world, and we should work for justice today. But Jesus' justice won't be revenge, and neither should ours be. James 1.20 reminds us, Human anger does not produce the righteousness or the justice God desires. The next inner piece of clothing Paul tells us to remove from our wardrobe usually hangs in the closet right beside revenge. He uses the word rage, but a better description in English would be a quick temper. Personalities, of course, are very different, and some personalities have a quicker temper than do others, so they struggle on a more daily basis with losing their temper. But all of us reach those moments when we put on the bright red flashy jacket of an overheated temper. Scripture warns us to control our temper. A quick-tempered person suddenly does something foolish Proverbs 14:17 says short-tempered people do foolish things. 
James points out that a quick temper does not listen, so he wisely advises, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Of course, a quick temper easily becomes verbal violence and can escalate to actual physical violence. And physical violence disrespects other humans that are created in the image of God. James 3.9 and Genesis 9.6 If you are not a quick-tempered person, then don't hang around people who are. Proverbs 22, verses 24 and 25 advises this. Don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. So a quick temper really does not know how poorly dressed it is. It cannot see how utterly foolish and ugly it looks. If most quick-tempered people would just look in the mirror, they would be shocked at what they see. Here in Colossians, Paul says that inner piece of clothing needs to be thrown out of your attitude closet or your t-shirt drawer. Then he lists malicious behavior or an attitude to do harm. These would be intentional actions which deliberately create problems for others. To be malicious is to run around with a match lighting little fires. The founder of the Methodist movement, John Wesley, expressed three general rules to guide daily behavior, or what today have been helpfully called the three simple rules. Do no harm do good, and stay in love with God. Did you notice what the first was? Do no harm. Malicious behavior enjoys doing harm. The tragedy of malicious behavior is that when you sneak around setting all of those little fires, they soon spread and come back to you. The fire you started in your neighbor's yard eventually burns down your house. Then Paul focuses on speech, and he admonishes Christ's followers against slander, or speaking against another in order to ruin her or his reputation. For most of us, we may lose everything else in this world, but if we still have our good reputation, we are rich. It is an awful sin to ruin someone's good reputation. Now, this doesn't mean that we are not accountable for our reputations, that our reputation cannot be questioned. We are responsible to others for our behavior. But a slanderer intentionally attacks someone with a good reputation in order to tear it down. The slanderer is not walking beside someone's own shaky reputation wall as the wind blows it over. No, the slanderer stops and swings a sledgehammer at a perfectly sound, strong wall. And again, like the malicious actor we spoke of a moment ago, the slanderer is the loser. Why? Because he or she earns the reputation of a slanderer. And of course, that destroys their own reputation. The sledgehammer flies from their hands and hits their own wall. Well, Paul adds to the don't wear list another form of sinful speech. What the New Living Translation phrases, dirty language or obscene and abusive speech. And that would certainly include unwholesome humor and jokes. A Christian friend once told me the struggle he had in his workplace setting where it was common to curse and to use foul language. 
And he said that his fellow workers moved from belittling him for not joining in their language to a genuine curiosity about his motives and then to a sense of respect for consistently keeping his values. But he admitted that it is difficult to hear such language without using those same words. Now, he said, they would be absolutely shocked, even disappointed, if he spoke only one of the curse words they speak many times a day. Maybe we could put it like this. They would be just as shocked if he wore a tuxedo to work because they don't think he has a tux in his closet, and they don't think he has that language in the closet of his heart either. He is living out Paul's teaching to the Colossians. Now, the last admonition Paul has about Christian speech is that lying must no longer be a pattern in the believer's life. In fact, it seems the Colossian Christians are having ongoing issues with lying because Paul's present tense here reflects that in this moment in the Colossian church, lies are circulating. We know there were false teachers in this church spreading doctrinal lies, but perhaps church members were lying in other ways. How unchristian lies really are because Jesus declared, the truth will set you free. You may remember the TV program, what not to wear. How refreshing it was to watch the fashion advisors make even minor changes to hairstyles, clothing styles and colors, and shoe styles, and how much more natural the new dresser looked. Hair that fit the shape of the face and clothes that fit their body type and skin color accentuated their natural attractiveness. And there are all kinds of outward clothing styles available to us as Christians. The contents of our closets can look very different, and yet we can all still be faithful followers of Jesus. But there are some inner clothing options none of us should have hanging around the closet of our attitudes and our hearts. What was Paul's list? Revenge, a quick temper, starting fires of harm, sledgehammering someone's reputation, unwholesome language, and lying. May the Holy Spirit help us to clean these out of our closets, to throw them away, and instead to dress Jesus-style. Thank you for listening to the Peace and Power podcast, and we invite you to subscribe to hear the next upcoming Bible talk. Again, our website is peaceandpowerpodcast.com, And our prayer is that God's Word has brought you a greater sense of a supernatural flow of God's peace and power in your life.